The miracle of Pentecost that we celebrate today is a remembrance of the day in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago when the Holy Spirit gave the followers of Jesus the ability to preach the gospel in foreign languages. The Holy Spirit gave each one of these Galilean peasants their own voice, a voice that allowed them to reach other people, to connect with them, to engage them, a voice that connected them to other people and to God. That was the miracle of Pentecost. Today, as many of you know, is the Reverend Chris Rankin-Williams' 15th anniversary as rector at St. John's. It's hard to believe that when I see pictures from 15 years ago and he looks exactly the same. <laughs> but it's nonetheless true. Chris brings so many gifts to his ministry in the church. But the gift that I value most is that his ministry is a Pentecost ministry. God gives each one of us a particular calling as a Christian. God gives each one of us our own language, our own unique way of communicating with, of loving, and of serving the world. And Chris's ministry at St. John's is all about helping each one of us to find that voice. It's very subtle. We don't always realize it, but Chris is always pushing us to take responsibility for our own relationship with God. He won't let us outsource our faith to the clergy or to the church or to some other better Christian somewhere else. He's always pushing us to find our own way to serve God our own language, and our own voice. One of the things I appreciate most about Chris is his conviction that ministry is not just the work of the clergy, but of every person living out who God has called them to be, speaking the gospel in their own language. That's the vision of the church that we see in this Pentecost story. The church is the place where you find your voice as a Christian. And so it seemed right that today, for our sermon, we would have many voices responding to the Pentecost story, living out that center of our rector's ministry, the belief that every Christian is called to find his or her voice of faith. So here we go. O oh, ye of little faith. O oh, ye of little faith. It's an expression often used as spectators head for the exits before the end of a Giants game. <laughs> the eighth inning exodus to extract a parked car before the hordes. Why wait around for another loss? On the other hand, Buster Posey the powerful is due to bat at the bottom of the ninth. O oh, ye doubters. Today's reading recounts Peter's sermon in the midst of the fearful as the winds of the Pentecost spread the unifying message of the Holy Spirit. But it's Peter, the rock upon which the church is built, whom I want to reference today. Peter had his own doubts. The example of Christ's urging him to walk upon the water to the waiting boat 
It was only when his doubts emerged that he foundered in the water and led to Christ's words, O ye of little faith. A little over 15 years ago, while on the vestry, I was privileged to be part of the committee to interview candidates to be called as our new rector. One of the venues where we spoke to Father Chris was at the home of a vestry member where a meal had been prepared. We had, it was an informal venue, one which earnest interaction by way of questions, comments, and stories were shared amongst about a dozen of us. As I listened to the exchanges, a question developed in my, my thinking about this candidate. It surprised me, even as I asked Father Chris, what role does doubt play in your own faith and in your ministry? What role does doubt play in your own faith and in your ministry? I think that it surprised him, too. You have seen him in the years since, since as he listens carefully to you, contemplates what's said and unsaid, drawing his own meaning from this. Wow, was his first remark. And then he went on to describe the place that doubt played in his life, past and present. What's important is that I relate to you several of Father Chris's characteristics important to why and how he was called here to St. John's. Patience, honesty, scholarship, empathy, and optimism. In this, doubt has a place. It can invigorate belief, encourage a deeper investment in community and shared understanding. Doubt can be the pause that refreshes. For the most part, we live in a secular world where everything is explained by science or a moral order conceived and implemented by various parts of our government. On the other hand, belief and its partner, doubt, rely on intangible forces to guide, inform, and motivate our decisions and actions. This community shares precepts that support our beliefs while we as individuals struggle with doubts about ourselves, about our relationships, and about our faith. It was only after his doubts that Peter became a fisher of men and gave us today's lesson of the Holy Spirit's presence amongst us. And perhaps similarly, doubt has guided Chris to be a faithful leader of St. John's Church. My guess is he will wait until the last out of the bottom of the ninth. I lived in Japan for six years in the early 90s. And my first week there, I was eager to try out my newly learned Japanese. I had just finished summer language boot camp at Cornell. Exploring my Tokyo neighborhood full of tiny shops, I stumbled on one that sold only poultry. I pointed to one of the many trays of cuts. They were all precisely arranged. And I said in my elementary Japanese, is this duck? And the butcher looked at me quizzically and shrugged. His colleagues did too. Puzzling. What I found out later 
is that I was actually asking them, is this lunch? <laughs> to learn a new language, you have to be bold and vulnerable enough to try. And laugh at yourself. If you exercise it, you'll improve. Given how hard it is to learn another language, I don't think that all these different languages uh, and different foreigners in today's readings were actually speaking the same language. But my guess is that what they shared was the common language of love. The language of love is universal. Surely it's the only language that could overcome the barriers separating the people of Jerusalem that first Pentecost. It's the only language that can overcome the barriers separating us today. Especially in these days of political polarization in our nation. As one writer in The New Yorker puts it, it seems true that the two Americas no longer have anything to say to one another. He said, language has been so degraded to the point of exhaustion. But the language of love is compassionate, kind, and just. It creates community. It is transformative. At the royal wedding yesterday, Michael Curry, the first black bishop of our Episcopal Church, preached passionately about, about the redemptive power of love. He said, unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive love changes lives and it can change this world. So what words do we use to convey loving kindness with our families, friends, colleagues, and strangers? Do our actions reinforce our words? As we celebrate 15 years of ministry with Chris and look forward to the future, are we building a community that loves others with words and action? This month at St. John's, we celebrate women. Let's do this routinely. In the workplace, I bet most, if not all of us, espouse equality. Then do we actually pay men and women on our staff equally for the same job? We say we value mothers. Then do we support paid maternity leave? If we hear a woman being harassed, what do we say and do to stop offensive behavior? Now stay with me, please, for a couple more examples of where I think the language of love must be paired with meaningful action. These are different but all too common situations. In the wake of yet another mass shooting on Friday, do we simply say our thoughts and prayers are with you? Or do we actively work for gun control? Perhaps closer to our lives in Marin, how do we speak loving kindness to a friend or relative who develops cancer. Cliches like everything happens for a reason or what kind of cancer do you have are not helpful, says Kate Bowler, a Duke professor who has stage four cancer. I share that view having lost my mother to cancer. The words that have meant the most to Kate Bowler and I second her are, you are loved, you are not alone. When these words translate to action, it means even more. Kate Buller has a friend, Margaret, 
who also has cancer. Friends all well-intentioned swamped Margaret with casseroles without checking first. But Margaret's palate was finicky from the cancer treatments. She asked friends to chip in to buy her a gift card to a Whole Foods nearby, and one couple did just that. The couple whose own son suffered from cancer bought her a $100 gift card for 26 months in a row until Margaret said she was sufficiently better. Then there are times when spoken language fails us altogether. What to do? Last Christmas season, St. John's volunteers delivered gifts to destitute seniors at an assisted living facility in San Rafael. I went into one room to give a present. Enveloped in blankets was a very old, thin, frail, quiet woman, ethnically Chinese. I tried English, didn't seem to register. Tried my pidgin Mandarin to no avail. I put the present by her side, and I, light, and I uh, lightly covered her tiny, gnarled hand with mine. Slowly but deliberately, she brought her other hand out from under the covers, and she covered my hand. We held hands for a few minutes, and it was a holy moment. So how do you cultivate the language of love in your life? God calls us to be bold, sensitive, and vulnerable. We may think we're saying duck when we're, think when we're actually saying something else, but that's the way we learn and grow from our mistakes. And by the grace of others and God, the journey is joyous, even in suffering, and very full. Amen. We'll keep this relatively short. As Michael Curry said yesterday, we need to get these kids baptized. Um, uh, Chris has played an important role in the support of the youth program, which you see up here before you, which is just part of it. And um, we, got, we got a message, Ginger and I, on Wednesday from one of our beloved youth saying, I have prom the night before. Oh, God. So you guys can handle this, right? And, and Ginger and I looked at each other and said, yes. And I volunteered, maybe to the chagrin of the youth group, that they would say maybe a word or two in Thanksgiving for Chris. I mean, I think this is especially important in light of Friday in Texas, in light of a Netflix TV series called 13 Reasons. And I see an amazing amount of hope and conversation and community and love from the teachers, John, and some of the other mentors that are helping with the confirmation program. And I mean, I said I'd keep this short. So um, if you guys have something that you'd like to say about St. John's or Chris, just say one sentence and then we'll end there with a big amen. Uh, Chris, I appreciate your comedic value in your sermons. Um, Chris, I'm thankful for everything you do for this church, and sometimes I believe that you're the reason why we have our certain opportunities that we have today. Um, all of the above. <laughs> I, appreciate <clears throat> I appreciate how he's able to talk to people after church and socialize with people.
I appreciate how he keeps it interesting for everybody. Um, I appreciate how he makes it so it's also interesting for kids also, not just parents. Um, I think Chris adds a lot to the um, community, and I like his sermons a lot. Um, yeah, we always used to go to the, or we still go to the um, midnight Christmas Eve services, and I'd always fall asleep in the back because I was so tired, and then one day I decided to actually pay attention to it, and it was your sermon, and it was actually really interesting, and then <laughs> now it's a family tradition. Every time I leave church, you're always standing outside, and I just appreciate how funny and kind you are to every single person that goes outside and in this church. Uh, I don't think a lot of you guys know this, but Chris has a story about every single topic. Ask him about anything, and he has a story, and that's what I love about him. Well, the thing I love about Chris is that he actually recognizes that we walk forward not one foot, one step at a time, but one generation at a time, and how important these guys are. Amen. <laughs>